Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing? You good? Doing well. Yeah, doing well. It's a it's it's a fun recording week, just yeah. with uh, just doing. I mean, no matter how you feel about them, De Palma is an experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. De Palma's fun. I I like his movies. I know it's not for everybody. I know his movies can be a little little i i don't i don't want to say tasteless in a bad way because i feel like that's how it's gonna get spun but like tasteless in a fun way like he he definitely there was the email last on the last episode that was like he kind of elevates slock and i'm like yeah that's kind of that sounds about right like he makes campy movies but makes them as least least campy as possible uh even though what he's basically talking about or covering is basically just like kind of stuff you'd see in like some exploitation movie or something um and that is very true for racing kane um mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah uh basically this is like john lethgow being free to do whatever the fuck he wants like he's just being crazy the entire time um i i think this might be one of my favorite john lethgow movies it's up there it, yeah it is a damn good one yeah and yeah it just it's just in one movie to to show his incredible range in all facets is is really fascinating mm-hmm. um but what is raising cane even about well a highly regarded child psychologist dr carter nix has shown signs of being unstable but he completely snaps when he discovers that his wife jenny is having an affair Nix's mental breakdown leads to the emergence of various other personalities, including a ruthless thug and a scared little boy. Nix's descent into madness involves murder, revenge, and even the abduction of his own daughter, resulting in a suspenseful web of intrigue. I don't know why, but I kept thinking that Carter was, like, the, the girl's stepdad. So I don't know where I was getting that from, but whatever. I don't know if the... No, it, no, it had to be blood because that's why he was so fascinated, right? That's why he yeah. was, he was tracking know. so much because he wanted to see how much of his own proclivities would yeah. transfer over, right? Like he, and again, it's hered, it's the, the hereditary nature, you know, of it's a dulled down thing of what his dad was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, I love the fact that his his dad is basically like a is is basically john lethgow and old man makeup mm-hmm. which i think yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well i love that too because if you do kind of you start to realize obviously that the the his brother that he's seen kane or whatever is not his actual brother but a split personality mm-hmm. and so when you see his father who's supposed to be deceased it it does that kind of thing of like wait but his father's dead so this is definitely a personality right Right, mm-hmm. and then it does a little twisty on you at the end, and is like, actually, um, actually, no. 
Um, I did, I did like that a lot. I thought that was fun. Yeah. Uh, when was the first time we watched Raising King? I definitely saw this before Dress to Kill. Okay. So, um, I think it was, it, it might have been earlier in my kind of De Palma history. Um, I'll probably say probably 93 or 94 okay. is when I first saw this one on VHS. Those are the, uh, the bl- for those out there, those are those black tapes that you put in something called a VCR. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what was great is like you could go to a store and rent them. And, oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You only had like a there. few days to watch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. if you were a real jerk about it, you wouldn't rewind the tape and send it and then somebody would see the end of the movie. Yeah. And they'd yeah. be real mad at the person that rented it before. Yeah. But they would never know who you were, so. Yeah. Total anonymity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, 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 this is, for me, the answer is the same as the last episode. Of, like, uh, this was a movie that I discovered, like, yeah. Just, I want to say, like, six, seven years ago. When I was just doing, like, a De Palma deep dive, and I was just, like, watching his movies. I think it was just, like, smoking some weed and watching, watching his mm-hmm. movies. Just like, ah, oh, man. This is the first time I watched it. I'm like, this movie rules because it was like, okay, you got the split personalities and all that. And I think that, like, kind of like the last movie, like the more I watch it, the more I kind of break it down a little bit and nitpick at it. But I still find this movie to be quite fun, even if it is yeah. not quite the best De Palma movie out there. I, I, for me, this was this is one of this is some of the top tier De Palma for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I really, really dig this film. And and it's not just because um, Lithgow's great in it because he is, but I really like Lita Davidovich in this film too. Yeah, she's um, I I think she's one of De Palma's better female leads, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's it kind of bugs me that Raising Kane doesn't get its flowers more because it kind of deserves it. Yeah, hundred percent. What about you, Taylor? Um, I, like Steve, also watched this before Dress to Kill, but it was only by, like, a couple hours, so. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I, I did enjoy watching them kind of both back-to-back because there are similarities, but also mm-hmm. big differences between the two. I felt like I had a, I got a good little glimpse of two, um, two different kind of concepts that De Palma tried to pull off in very different ways, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So for, I watch it for the podcast, basically. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, we only got one email. I think this review was just not as popular as some of the That's others. sad. That makes I me know. sad. I was thinking that. I'm like, oh, that's... Come on. It deserves a lot more. I think so. Uh, Leon says, not my favorite department, but holy shit, John Lithgow... John Lithgow, sorry. Is so good in this. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. I've seen some people say that they don't quite find him that great in this, and I'm like, are you are you high? Are you smoking something? Because I think he's fantastic in this, and he pulls off all the different personalities so well. And again, this is before like McAvoy was doing something like this in Split, which I think somebody's got to go to M Night and be like, hey, uh, Shyamalan, where were you uh, watching when you were writing the script for this? Just curious. Maybe maybe De Palma will come out later and said, actually, this Raising Cain is in the Split universe, along <laughs> with all of the other movies that retroactively get put into the Split universe. I mean, I could see it. Like, you could tell me that. I'd be like, yep, sure. 
Honestly, yeah. I, I mean, uh, this one is a little less um, serial killer or creepy than uh, Split was. Split yeah. definitely went ham with that a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, maybe they're maybe they're in the same uh, family tree. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't know. To Palma and and Shyamalan working together would be just. I, I think it would just be too much. It would be, it <laughs> it would be a be... lot of movie. It would be nonsensical, probably, at a certain yeah, point. Yeah, weird twists and lots of tits. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, best line in this movie. There's a lot of good ones, actually. Yeah, there was one. It's I, I think most of the ones I picked were conversations between... Um, the split the personalities mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. um like kane has some good ones that's like hickory dickory dock kane has picked the lock i'm out of here the cat's in the bag and the bag is going in the river so don't fuck with me dad you may lose more than your license this time mm-hmm. i liked that one yeah i like that too very like nursery rhyme in, in some of the the lines that kane in particular uh throws out there There's a few, like most of the stuff is all John Lithgow, to be honest. Um, yeah. Uh, but I did, um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I, I, I mean, because it leads into my favorite shot of the film, but I like the, I like the end. The where's Daddy? Daddy's not here, sweetie. He's gone away. Daddy's not here. No, he's not. He's not. Come on, honey. We have to head back. Come to mommy. Then she bends down and he's standing behind her mm-hmm. it's so fucking great and it still works yeah. it's still like i no matter how many times i watch that movie that it still gets you it's it gives you that 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 devious smile you know you're just like oh yeah that's how you do it oh, yeah. it's <laughs> so much it's so much more effective than the ending of dress to kill i would agree 100 percent. yeah yeah because yeah. i feel nothing from that ending so yeah, again another dream sequence, right? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's one of the things that I really liked about this movie. Actually, is it it definitely was a little disorienting sometimes with how things were playing out. Almost like you weren't quite sure if certain things were dreams or if certain things were happening even like in order, which they weren't for a lot of the opening shots. But like then you get kind of the other. You get um. At first, you get uh, oh, what's I don't remember the character's name, Lolita Davidovich's character, uh, Jenny. Um, Jenny. Yeah, you get like her kind of opening scenes and things following her around, where it's all disorienting and you're not quite sure. And and then you go back and you get John Lithgow scenes, and it kind of clears some things up along the way and clears up a bit of the timeline. And um, it kind of started off where I was like, I don't know what's going on. This feels a little messy, but it it actually kind of. Uh, tighten itself up a little bit later on and kind of explained mm-hmm. itself which was which was kind of nice and i i actually really liked i ended up really liking the scenes that i was a bit confused by at first nice um yeah uh i think the the, the river line was the one that got me the bag <laughs> of the river mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um uh, best performance. I mean, it's got to be John Lithgow. Let's, right? let's go. Yeah. Let's yeah. Go. It, he's got so much heavy lifting to do. 
Um, I, I do really like Lolita Davidovich in this. Um, I'm always a I'm always a kind of partial to to Stephen Bauer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's honestly it's that Scarface the Palma connection. Yeah. Uh, but I I mean everyone's pretty damn good in it. Frances Sternhagen as Waldheim, she's she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Tom Bowers in this movie, Greg Henry. Like, there's a lot of great supporting, uh, supporting performances in this one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Lithgow's got to carry this film. Like, it, it that's just his job is just the way it's written, and he does it effortless, effortlessly. Like, he's just mm-hmm. he's he's such a master of his craft. And I mean, and then you also put into like this is 1992, right? Like, this yeah. is kind of like some of that peak Lithgow stuff. So yeah, really good. I mean, and what, this is roughly around the same time that he was the villain in cliffhanger too, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah would have been like around the same time, more or less. Oh man. What a, what a time for that actor. Yeah. 100%. And especially coming off the eighties where he had Harry and the Hendersons world, according to Garp, like he had a lot of, a lot of stuff going in a lot of different genres. So mm-hmm. I mean, to, to just kind of seamlessly like that's the, sign of a great character actor that it doesn't matter what type of movie you're in but you're still so utterly believable in everything that you do and that's John Lithgow to a T yeah okay. uh, best kill in this movie hmm. I it's mean, so hard there wasn't a yeah. whole lot in the, in the yeah like is there really like Originally, I was going to say when he th- chucks her in the car and drowns her, but she gets out of that, so it's not a real yeah. kill. Oh, what I one I don't know if this counts as like a like a kill either, but um, when Jack and Jenny are kissing in the hospital room in front of his wife and she just dies in the bed behind them because she wakes up and sees them making out in front of her, uh, that was that was almost comical in the way that it was done. Um, but I, I I don't know if that counts as a kill because technically Jack and Jenny didn't kill her. She just witnessed them kissing and then hurts herself died. But the sad thing is, I, is like most of the kills in this were off screen. Like yeah, yeah. or or were a night or like one the the only one that I can say was like really cool or or like sets itself apart. It turned out to be a dream sequence. So yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I guess for me I'll go with Doctor Nix. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Margot stabs uh, stabs him in the back, I mean, that was okay. It was like, eh. I don't. I've seen better kills in in other movies, but I, I'm, uh, yeah, I guess that. Oh, or maybe the end. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of left ambiguous whether he kills her or not. But maybe I'm a cynical. I don't think. Person. I like. I. I don't. I don't know. Like what? Because we really don't know what. Margot's intentions in her takeover are. Yeah. Yeah, for, for, I kind of assumed because Margot was the one kill, to kill, to call the police um, originally, and like, she also, she seemed like the protective personality of all of them, so I, I didn't assume that she killed them at the end because she seemed like the least uh, violent, I guess, <laughs> of all the personalities that were in Carter's body. Or Carter's brain, I guess. Um, but I have no idea because that end scene also was very ominous. So it's like you have to question, I guess, the, the intentions a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Dumbest decision in this movie. That's that's a tough one. I, I mean, I'm gonna put a lot of it. I put a lot of it on Jenny's head. Yeah. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like, there's there's wild situations in this movie. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. For me, it was like when your daughter's telling you that dad's there, you're like, no, he's yeah. not. I'm like, well, yeah, the innocence of kids, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, especially like an adult's relationship to a kid? You want to. Oh no no! That you you believe in things like Santa Claus and stuff like that. You can't know. Yeah, that right. this is what you're seeing. But maybe that's the most unfiltered eyes that you could possibly put. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe she should have believed her. Yeah, that was probably the one where I was like, oh come on, just think, look around. You've seen, <laughs> for all the crazy shit you've seen in this movie, you're not gonna just stop and be like. Yeah, I gotta probably just look around. And Check. and for Margot to be like almost breathing on her neck behind yeah. her. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you didn't notice that? Yeah. <laughs> Need a little more situational awareness there. Yeah. yeah. I think if you're in a car with uh someone who is talking about um or trying to convince you to send your child to some random experimental whatever in Norway, maybe you should just hightail it out of there with your kid as quickly as possible, but she also didn't really have a lot of time to react, so I, I guess I can't blame her too much for that. Yeah, <laughs> fair. Okay. Um, I think it's time to score this. What's everyone thinking for a score? I'm gonna rock a nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of fun. It It's you know, for me, top tier De Palma, and unlike Dress to Kill, I don't want to pick this one apart. Mm. Um, and I will say it again: this one should be Criterion. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels, it, it feels the like the most, the the closest to Hitchcock that. De Palma's gotten and I feel like that I mean you know Kurt and I we, we've both seen the documentary that's one of his goals right Yeah. he wanted to be the new generation's um, Hitchcock and it took him to 1992 to get it fucking perfect so mm-hmm. yeah I love this movie I really do what about you Taylor ah uh, this is hard i definitely like this one better than dress to kill like a million percent um i don't know i think i'm gonna go with a seven for this um it was kind of it was good it, there wasn't anything necessarily that like like really put it over the top for me i guess if that makes sense yeah um and if i i am just looking over my notes that i'm remembering in the beginning of the movie the super close-up zoomed in shots on the people's faces as they're talking to each other and just all the kind of extra bits um although i do like the the kind of out of orderness and and maybe it was kind of dreamlike almost in in the way that some of the scenes and the plot was set up um i did really enjoy that um but it didn't really stick with that throughout the entire movie it kind of hung on to it for the beginning when you didn't really know what was going on and then it kind mm-hmm. of got a little more not generic. Generic's a kind of a harsh word for it, but um, it kind of did away with that, and I kind of wish it had played with that even a little bit more, um, especially as the main character, Carter, is 
going between all these different personalities and is very confused and not quite sure what's going on. Um, but overall, I, I definitely still enjoy this movie, so I think I would go with a seven. Nice. I'll go with an eight. Um, even though I don't think this is De Palma's best movie, I think it's probably one of the better made ones. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a good movie. It's, um, yeah, it definitely is a, a very interesting movie in terms of just, like, clearly, like, De Palma had a lot of really big ideas, and I think, uh, you know, not all of them were, like, 100% fully executed, but, like, he... he yeah, pretty close to the mark and i mean for him to try all the different things that he tries in these in, in his movies like he's definitely one of, one of the more interesting filmmakers in my opinion because he's just doing stuff and trying stuff and he's not one afraid to take risk which i think is good so yeah uh, a good solid eight on this one and uh go check out the documentary if you have a moment it's definitely um, I think it's yeah. like Tubi or something, so you can watch it for free. But uh... I, I'm gonna put the uh, I got to see it as a at a press screening at the Van City Theater. Oh, nice! Mm. Oh, it was fucking great, and it was really cool because uh, then the Van City Theater did a um, when the movie actually came out, they did a like a De Palma retrospective. So then me and Buddy went and saw Scarface at that theater, and it's the first time I've seen that on the big screen, and it fucking completely changed the movie to me. Like, it, it like, reinvigorated it. Because, like, honestly, I think if we went and saw Dress to Kill or Raising Kane on the big screen, I feel like there would have been a, a difference in, in how we felt about it, because I think that De Palma's films are made for that venue. Mm. They very much are. Especially cinematography-wise. Like, they just pop off the screen at you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead, um, as well as Hive and Mastodon, I believe. It's on the same tag, because why would I change it? Um, I'm on uh, Letterboxd, the same, and uh, my website, stevestebbing.ca. Uh, and, um, you can find me on the shift every Thursday at 11 PM Pacific time. That's with Shane Hewitt. And, uh, I also have only flan. It's an app that's not started yet, but we just make flan. There you go. <laughs> only flan. Only flan. <laughs> only uh, flan. Perfect. Um... Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? I'm on Instagram and Twitch as Technonomicon. I'm on Letterboxd as Circeanic, where I post um, most of the movies we watch on the podcast. I'll post them early. I mean, definitely before the movies come out, because at minimum, I'll post them on the Sunday we record. Um, and I have a blog, blog that if I'm doing anything else of note, I will usually post about it there. I'm over at 3Grinners.com, where almost every other day got new stuff going up. And then I, I'm still on that shit show called Twitter, Film Critic Hurt. I don't know. Maybe I'll be the only one left. It'll just be me and Elon. So, well, <laughs> and Trump, too, I guess. He'll stick around, probably. Uh, Kanye will probably still be on there, too. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll just become one big slap fight between those two. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure like Wendy's will still stay on there because Wendy's is just, like <laughs> that's pretty much most of their marketing nowadays is on Twitter. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm sometimes on six thirty Chad out at out of Edmonton or uh, CKW News Talk nine eighty. Um, yeah, we got one recording left this year, and then that's it for Dang. at least the year. Closing the book on 2022. Yeah, we're going we're going holiday themed. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a tradition around here. I think also it's a tradition near the end of the year to do some De Palma. Although I think we're kind of running low on De Palma movies, so this might have to be the last one. Uh, as much as I love De Palma, there's there's only so much he does that's horror. So, yep. um, but yeah, uh, next recording we're going to be doing Santa Slays and the Day of the Beast. Mm. Yeah, two two Christmas themed horror movies so <laughs> look forward to that one okay well until next time everybody bye for now <laughs>